Welcome to Season 2 of Monday Matters Podcast. It's a spiritual segment brought to you by Spirit of Praise Ministry. If you're listening today, that means you've enjoyed this podcast thus far. We ask you to, one, share it with a friend, with somebody else that needs an uplifting moment. And second, please don't forget to subscribe so you could enjoy previous messages and the ones to come. We hope the next few minutes will bring you a message of peace, comfort, and hope to whatever situation you're going through. Have a blessed time, family. Well, greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. I hope that you are well, whatever time of day you are consuming this. I pray that you're in good health and you know that the Lord is with you. I have a word for you today, but first I want to pray for you and ask God to bless you in a special way. Father, in the name of Jesus, Please bless us as we open your word today for motivation. May your spirit be upon us and may your blessing rest upon this word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This message is entitled, Give Me a Clean Heart. Give Me a Clean Heart. More and more, we are finding that doing what's right is relative. People say you only live once, so do what feels good to you. I've heard others say that as long as you don't hurt anyone, why do you care what other people do? We live in a society of moral relativity. I did not (laughs) grow up that way. As a a matter of fact, uh, based on my family's discipline habits, I was taught very clearly what was right and what was wrong. And one of the things I was taught, you never have to ask if something is right ever. Um, Nobody says, is it okay to help the old lady across the street? Mama, is it right that I eat all my vegetables. Uh, uh, Mom, is it right or wrong if I clean the kitchen up for you? Doing what's right is actually intuitive, but doing what's wrong is easier. It's almost natural, but there's always a doubt that goes along with it. God loves us so much, he gives us the Holy Spirit in our conscience. And whenever we do what's wrong, there's something that whispers in our ear, should we do this? Are we sure this is the right way to go? God never lets you walk into a ditch blindly. When we go to the word of God, King David is a great example of knowing the difference between right and wrong. When we go to 2 Samuel chapters 11 and 12, we find several clues that you need to be wary of if you are living a life of evil. If you pay attention to the life of of David, these things that he experienced will show you if you're going down the wrong path. Let's discover the first thing. The Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 11, And verse one, and it came to pass after the year was expired at the time when the kings go forth to battle 
that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. Now, now let me point something out to you. This was not a time in Earth's history where the generals sat in the bunker and just pointed out what everybody should do. No, this is a time in Earth's history where the king was supposed to lead the charge. The king was supposed to fight. David's great first victory over Goliath was found when Saul wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. It was Saul's job to fight Goliath. He was the leader. He was the king. And David had gotten now so comfortable, uh, he had gotten so complacent, he was sending everyone out to fight his own wars. And he stayed home in Jerusalem, not doing what he was supposed to do. When God puts a call on your life, it is very, very important that you follow through with that. Uh, not doing the will of God can have disastrous results on your life. Let's look what happens in verse 2. 2 Samuel 11 and verse 2. And it came to pass in an evening tide that David arose from his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. There's two things that this text brings out. Uh, number one, that David was bored. And when you have an idle mind, the old folks used to say it could be a workshop of the devil. When your mind is unoccupied and unproductive, you can end up doing some things that you regret. I'm challenging all of our young people out there, especially don't spend all day on TikTok. Don't spend all day on YouTube or Instagram and just looking for things because you will find the devil while you're doing that. You'll find yourself getting in trouble. Go to bed at night. Don't stay on your phones or your devices all night long because you will find the devil. And David himself, the great king, found himself in some trouble. Secondly, he found himself looking at a naked woman. Now, listen, I'm going to say something that may surprise you. The woman uh, catching his eye was not the sin. The sin was he kept looking. He dwelled upon it. He didn't turn away. You know, sometimes you could be watching TV and something comes up you shouldn't see. Sometimes you could be listening to radio and something comes on you shouldn't be uh, listening to. Uh, you can turn the channel. When you linger on it, that's how you can get caught. And that's how you can indeed get in trouble. So, so it says that she was very beautiful. And then he began acting on it. He began doing things he shouldn't do. So as we read thus far, the first thing that David did wrong was that he was careless in secret careless in secret. Anybody can sing in a choir before thousands. Anybody can preach at church at a morning service and get the adoration of many for a good word. What God wants from us is who are you in secret? When nobody's watching, when you can't get a pat on the back, when no one uh, is applauding you, or calling your name, 
who are you when no one is around? I know a lot of praise teams out there. And you know the praise teams I love the most? Are the ones when there's no crowd and they give the same energy. Two people at church. Five people at church. A little church in the country. And they see, they give the same energy as if they were at the one of the largest churches on America. But what I really am impressed by, by some of these young people and some of these praise teams, are the ones that when the lights are out and they're no longer singing, they still choose to live for God. David didn't do that. He was careless in secret. Now, not only was he careless in secret, this text revealed that he had no impulse control. Once he saw her, he began to immediately uh, try to get her. The Bible says in verse three of that same chapter, and David sent and inquired after the woman. He sent people and got them involved in his mess. He wanted her. He desired her. He had power and he realized no one was going to tell him no. The people who worked for him tried to help him. They said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Iliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? They were trying to help him. David, this is a married woman. This is somebody you should not be fooling with or getting involved with. Man, this man is out fighting your battle. And now you're trying to mess with his wife, David. What are you doing? But instead, he wouldn't listen. He didn't follow through. And as a matter of fact, he got more people involved in his mess. Verse four said, and David sent messengers, plural, and took her and she came unto him and he lay with her for she was purified from her uncleanness and she returned unto her house. David had no impulse control. David was careless in secret, but there was a last part that he was messing up on. And hopefully he, this is not you. He covered it up instead of confessing. Because of his indiscretion, she got pregnant. Because of his failure, she ended up conceiving a child. Instead of confessing his sin and trying to make it right, he tried to cover the plan up. He called her husband Uriah from the front line, brought him home, got him drunk and tried to send him home. But this was a man of integrity. The next morning, they found Uriah sitting on the castle steps. They said, why are you here? Why didn't you go home? He said, man, my brothers are fighting. And how can I sleep with my wife when my brothers are fighting on the front line? I will not do this. This was a man of integrity. And that wasn't enough for David. David sent him back to the front line at the place of the most intense fighting, got him killed, and took this woman in his house to be his wife. What a dastardly thing to do. What an evil circumstance. But not only was David careless in secret and had no impulse control, he was covering up instead of confessing. At that point, David thought he got away with it. But then when we get to chapter 12, one of the most heartbreaking texts of the Bible is revealed. David gets a visit from Nathan, the prophet. Now, now, if David was walking with the Lord and after this sin, the prophet showed up, David would have said, man, I'm in trouble. But he was so caught up in his sin, 
He didn't even think the prophet was coming to talk about that. He thought it was hid even from God. Sin will make you stupid. It'll make you foolish. It'll make you think you're getting away with something, but you're really not. God sees and knows all. So Nathan comes and begins to tell him a story. And I want to read this to you. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David. This is 2 Samuel 12. And came unto him and said to him, there were two men in one city, the one rich, the other poor. And the rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had brought and nourished up. And it grew up together with him and with his children and eat of his own meat and drink of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress up for the wayfaring man that was come to him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to David, as the Lord, said to Nathan, excuse me, as the Lord liveth, the man that had done this shall surely die. Now, let me insert something right here. When you're caught up in your own sin, you are a master hypocrite. The David, uh, the devil would have it that you will be keen on other people's foolishness, on other people's mistakes, on other people's sin, and not that hard on yourself or even aware how far you're falling. The church has a lot of hypocrites because the church has a lot of secret sin. And we have to be very, very careful that when we're sweeping around other people's front doors, that we forget to sweep around our own. David goes on to say in verse six, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Here is David hypocritically getting mad at a fictional story, not even realizing that the prophet of God was talking about him. And then the Bible says this sadly, verse seven of chapter 12 of second Samuel. And Nathan said to David, thou art the man. Thus said the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel. I delivered you out of the hand of Saul. I gave thee thy master's house and master's wives into thy bosom and gave you a house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would have given you more. How sad is that? How heartbreaking is that? God loved David. And the only thing he asked him to do was live right. That yet the former king lived wrong. And I gave it to you as a boy. And all I wanted you to do was live right. But you were careless in secret. You had no impulse control and you covered up instead of confessing. There's only two things to do with your sin. Give it to God or be exposed. And David now was exposed. Let me tell you something. God wants to bless us. He wants to look out for us. Deuteronomy 28 says, if you do what I tell you to do, you'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the field. You'll be blessed when you come. 
And when you go, but, but, but we have gotten this thing messed up that we can do everything we want and still expect the blessings of God. There's a place in 2020 for sacrifice. We still have to deny ourselves. God wants to bless those who do right. And let me tell you something. God will forgive your sin, but he may not always take away the consequences. Verse 13 and 14, God says, I've already forgiven you of your sin, but because you did this, your son has to die. The child you conceive has to die. And sure enough, after a season of grieving and fasting, the son of David and Bathsheba died right away. Such a sad story, but a preventable story. God wants to save us from our sin, but he can't save us while we're still dating the devil, while we're in love with evil. Well, this story ends with good news. In the midst of David's despair, he penned the 51st Psalm. And in that beautiful psalm, he says these words, Give me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. Restore upon me the joy of your salvation. Cast me not from the presence of your glory. And sure enough, God gave him another chance. David turned his life around and he is now known as a man after God's own heart. Your sin does not have to be the end of your story. You can ask God for a clean heart. Willpower does not work. I remember back at Oakwood, I had bought a whole lot of secular uh, music. This is back when we had tapes. You go to the, the tape store, you could buy a single or the whole tape. Uh, some of y'all don't even know what a tape player is. And one day I threw all away all my rap music. I threw it all away. I said, I'm going to give it to God. But guess what? I didn't give him my heart. And a week later, I was looking in the trash can for those very tapes that I bought to listen to the music, the evil music once again. If you don't give God your heart, you're going to go right back to that situation. That's why David said, you got to change me. I, I need a transplant. I need a strength exchange. I'll take your joy for my weakness. But more than anything, I need a clean heart. And that's what we need in these days and times. If you are struggling with something in private, if you're doing something you're not supposed to do, ask God for a clean heart. And watch how he changes you within. In the name of Jesus, he can do it for you. God bless you, and I hope that you were blessed by this word. Wow, wow, wow. What a message. We hope this podcast thus far is bringing you peace, comfort, and hope for the future. Again, share it with a friend. Share it with somebody. And to you, don't forget to subscribe so you could benefit from previous and upcoming messages. Be blessed.